Parties, episode 101 from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how have you been, my friend? We are we are in the final stretch up to the holidays here. We are. I've been good. Uh, I was a little light on gaming last week, because I'm going to be honest, I was kind of dominated by Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and now I'm dominated by the Matrix Resurrection. So, like, like honestly, my mind's been on movies lately. Uh, but I'm looking yeah. forward to some time off to jump back into gaming. Uh, I my my gaming list is all over the place. Obviously, sink some more time into Pokemon. Uh, I want to start going back into the quest and and do a little more VR stuff. So we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. But fingers crossed that the Matrix is good. If it's not. I will be shedding tears on our next episode. (laughs) Are you right? (laughs) Well, aside from shedding tears, uh, I've been well. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Just you know, with the with the holidays here around the corner, haven't had a lot of time to play. I did play some uh, Civ Six. Uh, which I end up saying I'm way too late playing it. There's a reason I don't typically play those games. It's because they're so addicting and good. Uh, so I enjoyed that. But yeah, it's kind of been, and then, and then of course, uh, some Destiny 2. Other than that, though, I've kind of been in the movie phase as well. I think we're going to try to go see Spider-Man uh, either tonight or tomorrow. I'm trying so hard not to get it spoiled. People are already putting putting the things up and said we haven't even made it a week folks come on now think of the other people uh but other than that uh been well been well uh, again enough about us we've got a special guest today Terry Bollinger co-founder and creative director of Sabotage Studios games such as Sea of, Thar- uh, sea of Stars and The Messenger Terry how are you my friend thank you so much for joining us well, I'm, I'm doing great, and, and thank, thanks uh, to you guys for having me. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here and chat about games and uh, holidays or, or whatever you, you want to chat about. I'm good to be here. <laughs> we're we're happy to have you. First of all, congratulations on the big trailer during Nintendo's indie event. Uh, I'm mm. sure that was a fun time for everybody. How, how was that response? Oh, it was, yeah, it was... Uh, very humbling, you know, because it's 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 always a big step because we we always knew we wanted Sea of Stars to kind of be thought of as mainly a Nintendo title with a, a bunch of the inspirations for the game. It kind of makes sense. That's where it should live, right? Uh, and so we were just waiting on this beat to kind of announce, like, and to confirm because it's the number one one question we're always getting: Is it coming to Switch? Is it coming to Switch? And and we're just like, we can't say it yet because we wanted to announce like through a more official channel, uh, and we had to wait until. We were closer to like feeling like the game is about a year out, you know, before we can, mm-hmm. because you can't really do the hype that much in advance, especially as an indie, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, now the timing felt right and we had the opportunity and we, we took it. And no, we've been uh, showered with with uh, hype. So it's it feels very good. It's a good like end of year beat to have as well, because we worked really hard. And just to be checking in that people are excited that we're doing this production was, uh, yeah, it, it's everything. Perfect. It is a very intriguing looking game, definitely on one of my most anticipated lists for sure. And we're excited to get into that in a little bit. But Ryan, we've got some bad news to start. And the chip shortage that has made these darn consoles so hard to get 
could last into 2023 if Intel CEO is to be believed. And man, that just makes me sad because uh, people are still having a heck of a time getting their hands on the Xbox or the PS5, and it does not mm-hmm. look like it's going to get any easier anytime soon. And it's it's just unfortunate. But between that and the bots, uh, I mean, my goodness, it's still just as hard to get one as when they launched, it seems like. Yeah, and and well, and the other thing too is that I think people need to understand that the chip shortage is affecting a multitude of industries. There's so many. I've I've told you guys about how there's some Kickstarter things. There's Kickstarter things that I did last year that I'm still waiting on because they can't get the chips in order to complete the the uh, equipment. So you know this is unfortunate, and, and and never in a million years did I ever think that. We would be a year, you know, down the road from launch of a next generation. And we've, you know, people barely have the consoles, um, which is it's it's unfortunate. Obviously, this is not something that that anybody could have anticipated, especially going into 2020. You know, it was a it was a big year, especially with the hey, we know we're getting two new consoles and then boom, the world stopped. So, you know, this is it's it's just something that people are going to have to be patient with. Unfortunately, you know, and kind of kind of like they're saying, this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And it sounds like, you know, now now their estimation is that maybe may go out until 2023. It's going to continue to be a hard time to to get consoles. This is where, though, I am, you know, I, I'm going to start because, you know, that this year, 2022, I'm not, sorry, not this year, but next year, uh, 2022, they're going to there's all kinds. And I'm, I'm really excited for all the games that are coming out next year. It's going to be a smorgasbord of amazing games. <laughs> and I am so here and ready for it. Uh, unfortunately, that chip shortage is going to cause problems as far as getting these consoles into people's hands. So maybe they pivot. Maybe they figure out a, a different way of being able to get the consoles and and uh, you know other electronics uh in people's hands but i mean even right now even trying to build a pc is super expensive you know you've got the uh the gpus that are that are at a hand and things aren't in stock and bots buying things up so this is a a continued issue and i think it's going to be something that continues not as far as the chip shortage but i'm talking about like bots and and new electronics coming out and people not being able to get their hands on them so i'm hoping they're able to find some sort of solution or ways to kind of mitigate um these bots from swooping in buying up all these things that are supposed to be for consumers and then reselling them at at just ridiculous prices yeah that is an issue that uh you wish they would solve uh, at some point because it it is crazy because then that dries up the secondary market. And I'm just like, personally, I'm not one of those people that I'm not going to pay a super high price to get my hands on a console. I'll just wait patiently and try and get lucky. But uh, Tierra, do you have, uh, are you an Xbox or a PlayStation gamer? Do you have either of the the new consoles? Yeah, I I try to make a point to always get all of them because, you know, the exclusive things is I I, I just want to play them out. Uh, For now, Mm -hmm. I'm waiting on the the Xbox. I did get a a PS5. Uh, For Xbox, I'm like, ah, you know, PC is kind of fine for most of them anyway. And I've always been primarily more more of a 
PC gamer outside of, of Nintendo. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I'm definitely like, I do want to get an Xbox, but at this point, it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of put this on, on hold until it becomes more, more, more. Fe- I know a lot of people are more excited than me to get one. So I'm kind of like, you know, just holding off. But I did want the PS5. And so I got that one because I had to play some miles. I didn't want to do it on, on PS4 and, you know, a few games like that. So, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's the same way as far as with Xbox. I was kind of like, I've got a PC. I don't really need that console. All the games mm. are going to be on Game Pass. And that is the beauty of that and that whole eco- ecosystem that they're creating. They're like, look, we don't care what you're playing on. We just want you to play our games. Come on in. Come, you know, the 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 fire feels nice or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I think it was smart on their part uh, to, to pivot and make those moves because, as as you know, with PlayStation, it, those things are super hard to get 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 uh, uh, your hands on. I was able to, I was fortunate enough uh, to be able to get one as well um, when it came out. But I know there's just a ton of people that just haven't. I mean, they, it is it's like it's almost like it's non-existent. And again, this extends beyond uh, just these consoles. It seems like any kind of big electronic, they're just these bots are going in and they know that they can, they can buy these things up and then resell them. And they're all, I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, I'll, I'll wait. Like I'm not going to pay a crazy amount there, uh, right now. There's not a lot of games even right now to, to make me be like, all right, I have to have this console. Um, so, and, and don't get me wrong. There's some really good ones uh, that are out, but next year I think it's going to be really difficult because we're going to get so many different drops throughout the year. Uh, we're going to be getting a lot more next gen games and that's where we're going to really start feeling it. And I think people will start feeling that FOMO a little bit like, Oh my gosh, I have to play this and I can't cause it's only on this. At least with Xbox, you can be like, well, I have a PC, so I'm good. I could still play that game. PlayStation is like, look, if you don't got PlayStation, you just can't play. You're just sitting over on the sidelines watching while this person's over here having fun. I, you know, <laughs> that's hard to do. It's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it, it's it's such a difficult circumstance. And I actually kind of wonder if this chip shortage extends as, as far as they think it will be. Like, I kind of mm. wonder if this will extend the life cycle of these these systems at all. Like, like if if it's going to be troublesome for people to get their hands on it, you know, maybe into 2023, does that mean mm-hmm. it's buying the system some years on the back end because they don't want to leave that money on the table? Or do you, do you guys think that it's still going to be a, a normal life cycle and they're going to still move on in, in the uh, whatever normal time span they had in mind? What do you think, Terry? I mean, it's it's hard to tell, and I'm, for the record, I'm 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 further from the the hardware side of things, you know, uh-huh. in, the, in, yeah. in terms of the industry and what I what I track. But for me, the most like next gen thing that happened was playing Ori on Switch and having an Xbox splash screen on my Switch. Like mm. you know, the, the, like that, that the the way like these companies are kind of interacting now and opening up, like even with crossplay and all of that, how how PlayStation mm-hmm. used to be really close to it, and now it's kind of opening up. For me, that's kind of like the next gen thing in a way, and and I, I think it's hard to tell where we're going to be because I, I it's hard to imagine a console coming out where you're like, okay, this looks like something that could never run on anything we've known before. We we don't mm-hmm. really get these clear cut beats anymore, right? It's kind of like ah, games are now like cross gen, and you're like, if you're a technical right. artist, you can tell that the reflection on this or that is they couldn't have done it before, but 
it's not up to a point where it's like a game changer how better it looks right um mm-hmm. so i don't know it's it's hard to tell i feel like this might be the generation that goes on for longer as it's more and more digital you know uh but again it's it's a very uninformed opinion <laughs> Yeah, but, I, you know, I think that's a good point, too, because and, and I've been saying it for a little bit. I, I feel that we are almost on that cusp or kind of in that weird transitional period where I, I feel like they're really making a good push uh, technology wise uh, mm. with with cloud gaming and and yep. trying to move forward with more cloud gaming. So mm-hmm. maybe that, you know, maybe that does then extend the life of the console. And then they say, all right, now we're going to switch to whatever. Again, this is all speculation. Uh, I, 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 I have a hard time, I guess, imagining a world where everybody is playing in the cloud. I, I think at some point in time mm. that may be a possibility, but I still feel even then you would have the option to get some sort of hardware uh, uh, from one of the, the major companies or maybe a new company comes out and brings something out too. But yeah, I could totally see it, see this extending um just that that period again i don't know and I, I i guess i would have to look at what the hard numbers are as far as like what they've sold what's out in the world and if that is satisfactory to them in their internal meetings in their shareholder meetings and stuff like that because i'm sure that they're having these conversations because that's a huge pivot uh for them they went from oh this is gonna be this is gonna be great you know, there we got this new console. We're gonna get it in people's hands. To we can't get chips to manufacture them. What are we gonna do? Not only that, but now on the other end, we've also got bots buying up all these things, so people can't get them anyway. So now my numbers are looking way, and I and I think that might have. You know, again, this is just this is not any kind of hard evidence, but I think this might've been partially why they made some of the decisions in some games to just not make them PS five, but then right. to also make them PS four as well. Hmm. Cause it's like, look, man, you're not going to hit your bottom line just having it on PS five because there's not enough people that have it. So then they, they say, all right, let's rethink this. Let's go back. Let's make sure that this is compatible to work for PS4 as well. And and then we'll move forward from there. So it'll definitely have an impact. What that impact looks like, though, only time will tell. We'll see. You know, so we'll see. Uh, but in the in the turning kind of kind of switching gears a little bit to uh, uh, to free stuff. <laughs> Everybody loves free stuff, and and Epic Games does does a pretty good job of giving away free stuff around this time. We did get a list, uh, and and this these drop these games. Uh, it, it's one free game a day. You have to get it the day of um, that that it's free. Otherwise, uh, you miss it. But we I, I I found a leak list again. I don't know that this is the correct or or if this is straight legit. Um, from what I've seen, I don't think it is, so I'm not going to show it. However, I will talk about it because I'm, I'm looking at it and it's like, I know that game did not drop, but I did know, I do know the first day was Shenmue, Shenmue three. Uh, we got remnant from the ashes, uh, which is a solid, solid game. And then I saw today is second extinction, uh, is free as well, which that game, I believe was a Kickstarter game. I want to say, that I had done. It was super hard. It, it, I mean, they, the, the level, and that's the one thing I like about Kickstarter games too, is like just being able to 
be, I guess, see that the developmental process from where it starts out to, you know, I, there's a few games that I back that is just blows my mind, just how different and how much and to almost, you know, you almost feel like you're a part of the process. Obviously, you're not doing any work. You're giving feedback or, you know, you could be in the discord and and you're able to talk and, and, and build connections uh, with these people as you play. Um, but yeah, it's, that's another solid game. So I'm not going to show the list, but, but there's some, there's some spicy games on here. Um, and that's uh, again on the Epic store. So if you have, if you have that launcher on PC, make sure you go over there daily. Cause they, I mean, there's a possibility of days gone being on there. Uh, I've seen, uh, uh, what remains of Edith Finch. Uh, possibly being on there, Firewatch, uh, all kinds of great games. Uh, so it's just, it's always nice. Oh yeah, that's right. So, so here's the actual list. Um, the 16th was Shenmue 3. December 17th was Justin Timberlake, Rock Your Body, add on for Fuser. You know, I had to get that, son. Uh, <laughs> Remnant from the, I had to get my shimmy on. Uh, That's your game of the year. <laughs> I've been rocking my body since, <laughs> since it's dropped, son. <laughs> we got Remnant from the Ashes, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. And then uh, yesterday was actually uh, Loop Hero. Which I I heard is another really really great game. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play it, but you better believe I downloaded this. So this goes until the thirtieth of December. So again, if you guys like free games, if you do have the Epic Launcher, make sure you're checking daily. Grab it. You don't even have to install it. I think you could just add it to your library, and then it's there. So I I love when when companies do things like this. And and they're just giving out games again. It's it's with with how things are and stuff like that. It's I feel like games have just become so much more accessible in different in different ways for people to to get them. Even if you don't have money to spend, Epic's like here. Here's thanks for spending the year with us. Here's fifteen free games. Well, well, thank you. Right. <laughs> always fun. It's always fun. I'll be uh, interested to see what else is coming. And uh, free is a great price. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, hopefully it spotlights, spotlights some games that maybe didn't get the attention it deserved and get some more uh, people playing them. And, and maybe you can they can spread the word on some titles that deserve uh, to get that attention. You know, Terry, I'm interested. I, I know that uh, a lot of these companies... Uh, whether it's through an end of the year promotion like this, uh, obviously with like a PlayStation Plus or a Games with Gold, that uh, studios can reach deals. And and uh, do you, as a studio, have like a a position on whether that would ever be something that that you would find value in, or where do you weigh the risks and benefits toward kind of um, deals like that? Well, it's always a bit of a of a gamble, right? Because if mm-hmm. you get an offer to be featured. You have to look at that and be like, okay, so what does that give us in exposure? Uh, mm-hmm. And then how much money is that compared to how many were pretty confident we could sell, right? And of mm-hmm. course, then you want that to be a win-win because the fact that it gives you store placement for the fact that you're free and that some big accounts will be talking about it, that has inherent value as well, right? Uh, in mm-hmm. terms of so far our first game, uh, we did do... Uh, uh, 
Game Pass for, for a little bit with Messenger. Uh, but these things, and we did Twitch Prime as well, and, and uh, so these things would come in through to us from uh, Devolver, who, who they were our, our publisher for the, for the first game. Yeah. So they handle the, the business side of things, right? And so it's hard. it was harder for us to kind of have a concrete read on the offers or what they meant because you're bundled in with a game that's bigger than yours, right? Because right. they have this big catalog and they're used to doing doing those negotiations. It's it's part of their the core of their their craft, right? Uh, but yeah, so we would just get offers and be like, yeah, that's what that one sounds good, or can we try for this or things like that? Uh, and yeah, it, it it really genuinely helped because as an indie small team, you know, with having money means that you can keep on making your games. So of course, that's the security <laughs> that you're you're always looking for. Now with Sea of Stars, we're, we're self-publishing, so we're we're uh, I mean, of course, we're mapping our options, you know, um, but it's it's we're still a bit early to kind of make a, a call on those kinds of things because we're right. we're still just in the process of like increasing the awareness and we're tracking the response and we're we're still like um, because you know if if you don't feel like you have conveyed the full value of the thing you're proposing, you don't want to sign a deal because then it's like well you're offering me something based on less than what it actually is and and you you can't get that yet so that's what we're doing right now we're growing you know a wish list on on steam uh we're doing those reveals and 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 we're, we're seeing how we can make things trend and so that when we enter those conversations then it's like well look here here are the numbers that we're boasting and so this should have value for your platform because you know epic isn't just like hey we like to give free games right they want to create a habit of people checking into their platform daily because they're competing with steam and they're finding creative ways to kind of like of course have their 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 share of that of that market so for people to have the habit the habit like think of the epic game store as their main one hopefully must be their their um, their end goal here right <clears throat> but yeah so th- that's I do, I do see that as a win-win, right? Because no game is actually free, right? Because we have, we mm-hmm. get that on, on Discord. Like some people are like, oh, I got it for free on Twitch Prime. And so now I feel bad. Uh, should I send you guys money? It's like, no, they, they paid for this. It's cool. <laughs> and you heard about the game. You told your friends. Some people streamed it. It's it's We accepted a deal. They don't just get to give your game away if you don't want it to, you know? Uh, and it's the same with a, a Steam autumn sale or whatever. You know, you get right. you get an email from your from your, your uh, account manager there. And it's like, would you like to be part of this? We, we have this open. You can apply for it or whatever. And that that's that's how that goes, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it seems interesting to you because I think the the great thing about today's world is it, it's a lot more accessible for indie studios to make games. But mm. the, I think the downside is then you have a lot of games being made and how do you kind of rise above the noise there? So so as a, a studio, like what sort of discussions do you guys have that and and you know, through, I know that, that you're self-publishing this one, but like maybe what did you learn from the messenger in terms of trying to get the word out and uh, kind of get your foot in, in the conversation there? Right, right. Well, okay. So, I mean, and I don't like absolutes, but, but I, my thing is, I, I think in general, you should get published at least once because that's the thing for us is like, you know, because some people are asking like, hey, why aren't you, you know, getting a, a publisher again? And it's like, it, it's not that the experience wasn't great. It was amazing. But everything we learned, the fact it put us on the map, right? Because if you go for a publisher, publishers are also kind of curators, right? In a way. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're part of this catalog now. They'll do the marketing effort. And we're kind of in the same room as all these other games. So they have their fan base. So that gives you a whole lot of eyeballs that kind of kind of 
bootstrap like you being being seen essentially right right um and so for the second game we were like okay so now people know about us we grew a community we 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 got some insights on the parts that we don't understand or that we didn't know how mm-hmm. to do outside of just the dev and delivering the game. Um, and so now we're just going to try this ourselves to see what happens because another reality is that, and it's not because the publisher is doing that, but a lot of people just assume that the publisher is the developer. So, but if you need your studio to kind of be sustainable, like you don't know what will happen with the publisher, right? If something goes right. wrong and they get, you know, blacklisted or whatever, or if, they quit or if you know and then you're just like left there and no one knows about you so we thought we want our studio to not just be under something that on in the shadow of something that will always be like bigger or considered more relevant than the studio itself and we just wanted to try to build our own our own name see what would happen you know and just do everything ourselves uh and so far it's just it's part of the challenge that we wanted to kind of add to it you know being in a second game is like production will always be a challenge but we kind of get it now in a way uh, right and so now how about publishing how about marketing how about all of that and so that we we saw that as a kind of a a logical next step yeah, yeah. no that totally that totally makes sense and we're gonna get into all of that right after this short break we'll be right back guys <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the fun part of the episode, and we are looking forward to kind of taking a deep dive into things. So, Thierry, let me let me start. You come off the messenger, and to go from that to Sea of Stars, which is uh, a little bit of a, a different angle that you're taking, obviously, going the more RPG route in here, looks beautiful. Can you talk about the decision to transition and and wanting to make uh, an RPG for your next game? All right. Well, so it's, it's, um, one one little quirk uh, about me is I've been kind of dreaming up this fantasy world since I was in elementary school. And so all of the games that, that, that the studio is working on are all part of that same universe. Oh, nice. Oh. And so it wasn't... So Sea of Stars is, is a, a prequel. There's a bit in Messenger where you see kind of like the aftermath of the story of Sea of Stars and you meet uh, spirits who tell you about how the world was before and all that. And so that was like the anchor for the next kind of the next narrative beat. And so there's like all these games, they're all like chapters of this sort of like bigger arc story, which one lifetime won't be enough for me to, to tell it all, but <laughs> because production is just, just takes forever, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, and so it was always kind of the plan. And, and actually the, the, the turn-based RPG was the one I was most excited to work on. But in, in, the, in starting the studio, it was like, it takes a theme that is too big, you know, and, and also we're completely unknown. So it's hard to, we can't really ask people to trust us with these complex systems, you know, and a bigger production where a lot of things can, can go wrong in the sense of like, you start feature creeping or if you start delaying and things like that. And so messenger felt like of the, 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 so there's five main games, like five main arcs to this kind of universe. Mm -hmm. 
and Messenger was the one that was kind of the simplest, right? The, 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 the thing is, the saying I like is, uh, I jump, therefore I am, you know? So it's like, look, here's a ninja running from left to right, jumping over pitfalls, doing front flips and killing demons. You can kind of wrap your head around that, you know? You can, like, come out of nowhere, look at this for 10 seconds. It's, like, catchy 8-bit chip tune, you know? You just, you get it. Whereas the RPG was, like, you, or at least it was how, how it felt, is you, you maybe want to have a bit more credibility as a studio before you come out with that proposition to see if people would accept it. And so, yeah, and so Sea of Stars was the main one, but it, it demanded a bigger team than we could afford at first. And we wanted to build the, the, the reputation a little bit. And so it's actually kind of the, the reward, you know? It's like, yeah, make this game, make it good, make it work just enough, and you get to make an RPG with your friends. So here we are uh, living the dream now. Was there was there almost some added pressure to the messenger if 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 Sea of Stars is the one that you were most excited about? Mm. Was that kind of in the back of your mind going, "Oh man, I really hope this one hits home, so we get to make this oh, one." Right. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, and that was the the it was kind of like the long shot, long term hope there. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, in, in production on Messenger, you just get you know like not even neck deep, you get deeper than that, you know. So it's like uh, it, it was all about the Messenger and all about figuring out those controls, the the platforming thing, and and just making the story tight, you know, with surprises in there and all of that. So it, it was a very involved process. It wasn't just like oh, I can't wait to be done with this or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, but it does it does feel like uh, we 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 got the the best case scenario out of it in the end. Well, and and you guys are working. Uh, you have a special guest composer uh, that mm-hmm. did um, uh, Chrono Trigger, uh, Chrono Cross. Uh, some of the if 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 you are any kind of fan of RPGs, you know about those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this you know this gives me so many feels just watching this and 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 that's the thing uh about games like this too you, you know it, it it doesn't have to go crazy or have crazy graphics it's really about that story and mm-hmm. how people connect uh with the with the characters mm-hmm. so you know tell me within your guys's character development uh what was some of the focuses that you guys had as far as you know building out this story not only building out this story but building out this story that's in the same universe mm-hmm. as the messenger completely different style game and and you know what kind of went into developing uh these these characters right well so the main thing again is they're kind of like musings that that come from so long ago so for me it was more about making that concrete and actionable you know there Mm -hmm. was always this thing of like oh if you're born on the solstice you get the power of the sun or moon that combines you to eclipse magic and these big monsters are impervious to everything but that so you're kind of like the high fantasy ghostbusters or whatever and Mm -hmm. And, and so that was that was there. But when it got to actually writing, uh, that's actually one thing that I I, um, I underestimated uh, quite a bit, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the solo writer on our games. And, and so with oh. Messenger, it was like, you know, it's a platformer. You get the odd like shopkeeper rent story and, and, and a little bit of dialogue, <laughs> whereas this is like, you know, two movies, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I had to learn the tools. I had to I had to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's coming along uh, nicely. The, the main ingredient I have is uh, Bryce Coe, our, our uh, concept artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so basically what we do is, because I have all the 
basically all the beats, like all the bullet points of everything that happens in the whole story. And we go through mm -hmm. the chapters together, you know, and I'm like, so here, this and that happened. We meet like this person, that thing, and we need a bus that looks like this and that. And then he just, he does the illustrations, you know, so he'll do moods for environments. So we'll make yeah, just concept sheets, expression sheets for the characters. And it's kind of like, uh, it's a bit of a, a casting job, if you will, right? Because like, I know mm. that one feels, you know, like too old. We need this one to be more, feel lazier in its like stance or whatever. And together we close in on, oh, wow, now I get to meet this character that's been in my head forever. But visual right. art is the one thing, it's my, my one blind spot, you know, or at least my biggest one. Uh, and so it's really good to have that collaboration because the moment I, I see or kind of like I meet the character in a way, uh, then mm -hmm. everything just unlocks, you know, and it's like, okay, how does that character feel and how should that flow? Uh, but I always write from the perspective of like knowing what the next key beat is, right? And then it's just about pacing. How much do you want to stay and be here in this space? Like taking in whatever the, the, the important thing to like teach or show or whatever is. You know, speaking of Chrono Trigger, obviously uh, one, of, one of the premier series uh, out there, one of my favorites. Can you talk about how you reached that deal to bring him on board to compose? And can you also talk about the effects and, and maybe what you learned from Chrono Trigger that helped you and helped the team in, in making this game? Well, so, okay, I mean, full disclosure, Chrono Trigger is why I, I do this for a living. Uh -huh. It's it's my number one game of, of all time, and I, I play yes. it, you know, I... I played again many times a year and I, I yeah, it's, I, I never looked back, you know, it's, it's, it dared to do so many things and, and, and got them all so right. You know, there's just a thing like there's no combat on the world map, you know, it's like, you ever, you ever heard of that proposition before? No, but you just, you pick it up and you just go like, Hey, you know what? That feels right. It feels great to just get to walk mm -hmm. around and explore and not be too bothered, you know, like shorter dungeons. And also the fact that it's, 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 um, like for me, at the core of the of the design process is always to distill instead of dilute, right? And mm -hmm. so if you're playing, and I mean, not to not to, I mean, I, I love all these retro games, but if, for example, we take Final Fantasy VI, right? You're mm -hmm. never like fully aware of what the why you're doing what you're doing, you know? It's like, eh, right. we're, you know, it's like I guess we're headed this way, and now there's a desert, but then there's a mountain, and then there's a train, and <laughs> then a forest, and then you're there, and people talk to you, but you don't fully like, you know, it's kind of like drawn out, it's dragging, and it's a different type of storytelling, and it's, it's good too. But for me, like the Chrono Trigger, where I constantly feel like these arcs combining in the meaning of every single action, you know, where it's like, okay, I'm fighting the lizard people. Why? Because I need to find the red rock because I need to fix the sword with the blacksmith to go back to the middle ages and beat the sorcerer who's summoning the final boss, you know, and you're like, I get, I get it. You know, mm -hmm. I have my next beat. It's, it's clear. I always, I feel this purpose and the enemy that's in front of me is, is, uh, has meaning because it's not just in my way. It's in the way of the thing I know I want to do, you know? Right. So this idea of trying to tell a, a, a concise, like a clear story where you, you have purpose and you know why you're doing what you're doing uh, is, is really is really important for me, you know, and, and even like a breath of fire, which I love, uh, it's I find myself lost in the story at some time. It's like, okay, I guess I'm in town now looking for 10 children playing hide and seek and it's, why, why are we here, you know? I mean, and it's fun, I play it, I'll beat the game, but like it's, I, I feel like there are few the, the meaningful and clear beats are, are too few and far between, at least for me, you know, and it's all very subjective. So that's, so that, that how tight the story was and how the, the, the red string connecting every single action was there throughout mm -hmm. the game for me and Chrono Trigger. 
other than maybe Mass Effect 2, I've never really felt that so strongly in a game. So that's at the core of it. I'm not saying I'll do as good a job as 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 that Dream <laughs> Team, you know, as the as the solo writer, but it, it's certainly in the inspirations. And then the idea that the dungeons are are slower, you know, that the actions it's more about being satisfying and not dragging, not having the bit, you know. So for me, like I guess the the playtime, the total playtime comes from will you replay this if it doesn't have like these dragging bits that you go like I never want to do the labyrinth puzzle again or whatever, you know? Right. Perfect. Yeah, you know, it, and you're right about you always know why you're doing something, and and that mm. it gets you it gets you more invested even in in the more quote mundane actions or when you're why you're doing certain missions, which I totally agree with there. Uh, you know, I heard you say in an interview that uh, when I was doing some research that uh, that you had seen RPGs either do a uh, a more modern look with more retro gameplay or a more retro look with more modern gameplay. And you, you had talked about in that interview kind of being attracted to the retro look with adding some modern gameplay elements. Oh, yeah. Can you talk about why that specific approach uh, interests you maybe over doing the opposite? I'm, uh, I mean, part of it, <laughs> and it's probably just my shortcomings, but part of it is I don't, I don't understand the opposite. Uh-huh. Like I know, I know people like obviously Final Fantasy VII remake is great, but I I don't get it. For me, it's one button Devil May Cry, uh, and and I just I, I genuinely don't get it. Like I'm running in a in a in a corridor. There's a big open area. It's just a circle of sand, but there's nothing. I go to town, and someone is like, "Ooh, there's a giant wasp." And now I need to backtrack, and in the circle of sand, there's a giant wasp. I kill it. I go back. I get a thing I won't equip. If I, it's like, am I playing an <laughs> offline MMO here? Like, I, and I don't. And so I can't wrap my head around it. And 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 I and I read about the game, and they're like, oh, finally, it's the combat system we always wanted, but we don't have the the, the technical boundaries anymore. So it's like, are you telling me like if if it, if it had been up to you, I never would have played my favorite game, you know? Right. <laughs> like you would never have made this anyway. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around this, but for me, there there's a, a unique a unique um, a unique type of experience that emerges from harsh limitations. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it's, and it's the same with music, you know, now everyone has their synthetic orchestra, you know, and you're like, okay, was the music good in this game? Or do you always get these dragging like four minute intros where, whereas you play NES game and it's like, Hey, look, you've got 20 seconds. So what's your hook? What's the theme? What's the thing that will right. repeat that will, that will stay in my head, you know? And, I just I have a thing for that for that simplicity, right? Where it's like clear clear cut and and you get it. You can wrap your head around it. And and for me, that's kind of where 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 it is. So I guess not a big David Lynch fan, you know. And uh-huh. I have nothing against someone creating a mood, you know. I can appreciate that. But the things I tend to appreciate more are they're fully explained. They make sense. I can look back and be like, oh yeah, this and this and that meant all of this. And where, when I care to revisit is when things were hiding in plain sight and they do fall into place in the end, you know? And, and so, yeah, I, so I guess to bring it back to the question for me, it's that the retro aesthetics, so the audio and the visuals, for me, that's where I feel like I'm nine years old and I'm putting my big shirt over my knees, you know, and I'm, I'm playing my game on Saturday morning. Uh-huh. I, I, I just love that feeling. It gets me in that play state of mind right uh but then you know you don't miss you don't miss the controls that that suck you don't miss the repetitive the overly repetitive music you don't miss the unfair difficulty so that's the thing is there's a lot of room there 
And that's the game we, we aim to do at Sabotage is our own definitive editions of those genres. Whereas, okay, here's, it's kind of like a pruning process of like, here's everything that was good about them. And here's how we present them by removing the irritants or rethinking or taking them further in, in, in certain areas so that mm-hmm. the modern player can have only the good of what was good about that. But then, of course, we don't control everything. We can't make sure that your, your nine and your cousin just gave you a new game and uh, you sleep over for a week, you know? So that we can't do. But all the rest that's within the game, we, we, we do everything we can to make you feel like that. So, and, and, and we know that this is within the same universe as The Messenger. Would you, one, suggest people play that uh, before playing this and uh, two, what, what do you hope, I guess, gamers and people that, that play uh, the game, you know, what are you hoping that they, they kind of walk away mm. with from playing the game? Wow. Okay. I mean, that could be a bit, a big one, but <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> also, well, first of all, I do recommend you play the messenger. Uh, well, uh, before playing Sea of Stars, though, I, I, w- I wouldn't say so necessarily uh, because mm-hmm. the, it's it's in the same universe, uh, and you will there will be you know like some things for you to be like, oh, I, I get this, you know, if you've played the first one. But it right. will actually equally work the other way around. So if you play Sea of Stars first and then you play Messenger, there's like equal added value this or that way. So it, it's not a thing where like you won't understand or you'll feel left out or, or, or anything. It's it's being designed as a self-contained experience because we know like a lot of people they just won't do a platformer or metroidvania you know or mm-hmm. the other way around so it, it's really about making that game the best we can make it for what it is and then yes narratively there there is a hook but it's not dependent on it on it uh, ever um then as far as the takeaway the one <laughs> the one thing i'm personally hoping for is 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 for even just one person to to feel like it it deserves to be there uh, with mm-hmm. the the games, it's it's obviously calling back to you know, uh, and and I you know it won't be better than Chrono Trigger because because whatever we do, we can't be in 1995 and come up with this you know. Right. Um, so there's like a historic thing to it, and and but we have to pay respect, but also not be copying it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope that people will see the respect that was and and the care that was put into that and that we got it right and that people would just be like look i loved my super mario rpg i loved my 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 lufia my illusion of gaia my my chrono trigger and and this one is kind of in the list for me you know despite being so much later that it it's a bit unfair that it's good here or there because they have all that backstory to analyze and to look at and to compare to as they as they create it you know so no we're not shooting to be like better than these because there's no way to do that we're not setting we're not inventing a genre here we're not like setting a standard or anything but yeah for it to be like a worthy citizen of that space would be the real paycheck you know between the messenger and sea of stars obviously two uh different genres if you Mm. get to continue in this world would you like to keep making different games in different genres yes Absolutely, because uh, it's not so much like this. for me. It's really the design process that's that's the most appealing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, so he, what would I change? You know, anytime a new RPG was announced, uh, what was the thing I wish it did? And so one example for me, it's it's very basic when you think about it. But was I wanted the time to hit combat of Super Mario RPG with the mm-hmm. seamless in and out of combat of Chrono Trigger. And as far as I, as I know, no game ever did that. So we have that, you know, combat is like 
you touch the enemy, combat begins. And then when you fight, you also have those timed inputs to like block or increase the damage you deal and the special moves are more involved. And so it's it's just like from a big list of those small little ingredients or combinations that it's like, okay, we, we actually do have something fresh because we're, we're combining, rethinking and presenting in a way that, that hasn't been done, but yet feels familiar, you know, uh, on the whole. Did you say that you'd originally thought of like the general world when you were in fifth grade? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about fifth grade, but I was, I was, uh, it started when I was uh, seven or eight. Yeah. I, and I was drawing okay. ninjas and, and uh, yeah. Okay. So younger, uh, younger than fifth grade, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so when, when you, if you can take me back, like what inspired you way back when, and when did that become uh, something mm. that you wanted to pursue creatively and professionally to, to flesh this out? Right. Well, so the first one was, was, uh, well, I mean, a lot of it is, is, you know, reading Dragon Ball and, and, and just playing all the games <laughs> and, and, you know, the three ninjas movies and things like yes. that. Like, I'm a nineties kid. I'm a nineties yes. kid. So. You, you can, you can infer, right. Most of it. Um, but yeah, so the first one I never got over was Ninja Gaiden two on NES. Mm-hmm. Was like, which I mean, if you've taken a single look at Messenger, you might, <laughs> you might have guessed. Um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, so so yeah, the Ninja Gaiden two was the one. Like, I got an alarm clock just so I could play it every morning before school, you know. And then after school, I'd, I'd keep playing, and eventually, I beat the game, you know. And I was just like, whoa, it's so amazing. And I just never got like out of it. I started doing like a, my own comic book of a ninja fighting with a boomerang for some reason, and 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 and, and it's just it just started building very clumsily at first, and then I just started adding you know uh, backstories and 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 more characters and why is there magic and how does it work and and then just taking notes of things like oh it would be cool if this happened or it was that monument or or. or and sometimes I would just write like a one-liner or just draw something. Like, for example, I've always had this thing where it's in the, the trailer that we showed and, and in a recent stream. I like this idea that there's like a big mountain full of holes and the wind blows through the mountain and plays a melody that keeps a giant monster asleep. So that's an example of like a one-off thing that it's like, I know I'm nine or something and I'm just like, that's cool. I like this. And so yeah. I draw it and, and I just, and it kind of never left, you know? And then when we're making the game, it's kind of this process of, okay, what are the silly ideas that I had? Which ones are either actually good or that we can actually like execute on in a way that might be interesting for someone to explore a fantasy world, you know? And then that kind of all falls together. And, and, and also the, the key beats of the story are there, like how it begins, how it ends and things like that. And then how do you create the adventure inside of that? It's... It would be. I, I don't know if I'm uh, giving a good answer here. It's it's actually hard for me to explain my process because it's kind of like me and my inner child, and like just I'm always in the shower thinking about things forever, and then I like I write something down, I pitch it to the team, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, and and then we go forward with it, and and here we are. So, yeah. So, you would say that this is something then that you've basically been building towards since you were a a kid. Oh, as yeah, far absolutely. as going down this path and 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 making games and writing games and uh, developing games, mm. well, it, it wasn't that like I knew I would make games when I grew up, but mm-hmm. like for sure, yeah, I was in elementary school and like sh- shooting suns, you know, with my hands and telling my friend, "No, you do the moon thing and we combine," you know. Yes, that was that was my <laughs> thing, for absolutely. But 
what happened is is you know moving forward is that I for me it wasn't living in in Quebec it's the the French portion of of Canada and there there was like this thing of like you have you only speak French and you will live in French you know and like uh, learning English can be sort of frowned upon and there's kind of this mm-hmm. small mindedness of like. Oh no, but to do something like this, you would have to be like on the American West Coast and learn English and like abandon your family and like all of that. And so the notion <laughs> that you could live here, speak French, work in French and, and be making games in Quebec was, was it, it was kind of like an impossibility until mm-hmm. we got Prince of Persia Sands of Time from, from Ubisoft Montreal in early 2000, which that was kind of, that was the click moment for me. Like, oh, I can do this and stay here. And now it kind of became like, okay, how do I, how do I get to that? And it right. took me a while, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, that is, that is awesome. That is amazing. If, if you could hand the seven or eight year old version of yourself, uh, sea of stars today, what do you think he would say? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, he'd probably be like, uh, why is there no time travel uh, like Chrono Trigger? Because I was kind of too immature to understand it has to be its own thing, you know? <laughs> so it would be like, I want to go to prehistory and have the, the cave woman join my, my party. You know, it's like, no, we're doing something else. We're doing our own thing, you know? But yeah, so the, the kidney doesn't, didn't get that what, quite well enough. What is that feeling like, though, to, to know that this is something you had, you had thought of so long ago mm. and to see it being fully realized... Uh, and received as well as it has been. Like, what what has this been like for you? It, it's great. I mean, it it feels, uh, you know, in terms of my craft and my career, it it feels like purpose. I'm I I yeah. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in the the right place. Uh, you know, it's the it's this thing about vocation, right? Where vocation mm-hmm. should be. Or, or I don't know, maybe in English you say calling. Anyway, but the, like the thing you're supposed to do is 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 it can't be like that concrete, like your vocation can't be like to be a radio host, for example, like right. it needs to be something very abstract that you could have done in the stone age. Right. So is it to teach? Is it to protect? Is it to nurture? Is it to, you know? Um, and so for me, I always knew it was to entertain, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And so, okay. So do you become like a comedian? Do you, I don't know. There's many ways you can entertain. Uh, and yeah, and the fact that it could be through my favorite medium is something I'm, I'll always be thankful for. So no, it's it just, it, it genuinely feels great. Cause I, I've always been telling stories, you know, to my friends mm-hmm. and being like the entertainer and all of that. And to get to just use that in a professional setting and be surrounded by artists who like care about the ideas and, and bring them to life. It's uh, yeah, no, I have, I have zero complaints. You, you had mentioned before the break, uh, that you, you wanted this, this game, Sea of Stars to kind of be associated with Nintendo first. And yes, it's coming to steam, uh, that we know. So we know that next holiday season, hopefully, um, steam and, and Nintendo, can you talk about why you wanted this to be like on Nintendo's indie direct and why you wanted that kind of close association there? Uh, it's honestly, it's, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that doesn't make me a very good businessman, but that it's a very emotional <laughs> thing actually, you know, but like, it's, it's just, it's Nintendo, man. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it, it was just, it was the magic word when I was, when I was a kid, you know? And, yep. and, and so it's just the best celebration of all of this falling into place is, is, you know, getting, I, I still get. I still get a high out of that, you know, that I receive an email mm-hmm. from, cause obviously you don't just appear in a, in a, in a thing, right? You, right. you interact with them. 
And so mm-hmm. getting in my inbox, like, oh, someone from like at Nintendo.com, you know, is talking to me with the email signature and they're like, hey, your, your thing is relevant. Like, uh, can, can we schedule like a conversation? It's like, yes, we can, you know? <laughs> um, no, so that uh, for me, all, all of that is part of, it's not just like marketing and getting it out and, and building a fan base so that we can sell units. You know, it, it's all of this is part of the celebration because for me, games and, and it, for me, games are just a celebration. That's what they are. You know, we all felt the same thing. You know, we've been, we, we didn't know, we've never talked prior to today, but we know that we're all gathering around a thing that we have in common. It's, it's there in the, in the, and what we're not saying, right? Uh, and so whether you're organizing event or you're a journalist or you're a developer or you're a player or you're whatever, if you're around games, you're, you're kind of part of this celebration. And for me, all, every action that we take or, or opportunity that we have is all like, let's celebrate even more so that more people join the celebration, you know? And so right. no, it, just, it just feels really good. And so, yeah. I mean, so yeah, so about Nintendo, it's it's a very emotional thing, <laughs> basically. I love that. I love that. And and this is it's scheduled to come out holiday of next year. Do you guys have any plans to do like a, a demo or just kind of leading up to the mm. actual release? What are your guys' plans? We did. We had a, a playable demo for backers like last year, okay. uh, you know, because it was uh, promised. And the thing is, because the game does two things. Uh, tiny bit differently like in, in combat there's like locks with damage types that you can like cancel enemy spells so that was one unknown in oh. terms of design like do people actually want to pick this up or does it make sense and also right. in, in all the traversal kind of how seamless we made it you can hike up you know grab the ledge uh, crawl uh, jump directly in the water and things like that it, it's doing kind of more than what you'd expect from a grid bound uh, uh Right. kind of game and so we needed to test that you know the traversal and some aspects of the combat does it connect for people so we did a playable demo for that uh so to answer the question better uh we're kind of selfish when it comes to demo because if we don't need people to play a demo to get the feedback on the thing right. we won't make a demo because you can do so much in 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 you know the two months it would take to kind of properly, you know, uh, single out, balance, present, package, optimize, and release and, and market a demo. You know, it's not just a thing that you're like, all right, here's the demo, right? It's a lot right. of work and we're a small team. And, and if we're doing a demo, we're not, the question is, what else are we not doing? So right. it's not, it's not off the table. Uh, you know, if we, if we either feel like we have something that we, we need to have play tested or we just happen to be at a place in production where it's like, okay, we can splice this out very easily and release it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we'll consider it. Uh, but yeah, for now we're like, it will be ready when it's ready, and and we'd rather not not spoil too much either. So yeah, and, and you mentioned too that this was so this was a, this is on Kickstarter or was on Kickstarter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yes. Uh, oh, so we okay. so the game was announced uh, through Kickstarter. In mm-hmm. March, in March 2020, early March 2020, actually on the on the spring equinox, we try to be like clever there with the <laughs> the feet with the stars and everything. Uh, and it was actually kind of daunting because it's like lockdown was kind of just hitting. Yeah, that was right so in that like, space. Yeah, and probably like entertainment for in two years is the last thing you want to be buying, or like is your last like kind of worry right now. But we still did it. Uh, and it was actually uh, very, very well received. We we raised the well, it's in Canadian money, so but one, we raised 1.6 million. So um, nice. it it was it was uh, it was good, you know. But uh, yeah, so in American, I guess 30 dollars. But yeah, um, 
But so, so it, it, it was a good, because the thing is we were all in, right? After Messenger, we're making a, an RPG and it's like four times the scope. The, the team right. went from seven people to 23 people. And we're looking at a production of like about three and a half years instead of one and a half year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Kickstarter was mainly like, if, if we build it, will you come, right? <laughs> because right. Uh, we're all in. And so I'm in debt for, for the rest of my life. If the game doesn't work out, you know, happy to do it because I believe in it. But the, the Kickstarter for us was, wasn't so much to raise funds because you can't even realistically ask for 5% of what it costs to make a game. People don't and don't want to understand that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just put it out there and it was well-received enough that now we're like, okay, we're confident that if we take this home, you know, we'll be able to make a third game <laughs> so because uh, again right. that's the dream you know is just to keep going do you have a genre in mind that you would tackle for the next game oh there's so many though um i mean it's it's hard to it's hard to tell for sure about the next one uh-huh. uh and it doesn't really come from a place of what will sell it's really more like what would be a fun design journey Right. Uh, like, is there enough to fix, to modernize something while maintaining the elements that made it good to bring that, to take back those who liked it back then and to also bring in those who, who can discover it now? Uh, so point and click adventure, for sure. Uh, beat him up. Uh, city builder. Um, an action RPG. I, I guess anything that isn't sports. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, you can imagine a sports, that's the a gist sports of it. game well, based in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, some sports game. I, I don't know how how big retro gamers you are, but the King King of the Beach uh, on yes. NES, the volleyball game. So that mm-hmm. one was a good was a good simple one. How you use the D pad to like lock into place, and then you just time your jump and your hit. You know, so that's a sports game that I'll play because it's like arcade enough, and it has like that that fun gameplay loop. But uh, yeah, when when it's closer to simulation, I guess anything simulation rather than anything sports. I should have should have been my answer. Yeah, it's it's intriguing to me to to see what could the future could hold just just because of, of all the different genres you could touch. Uh, that's super exciting. Um, generally speaking, story-wise, like, do you have the the overall story down already? Like, do you know what story beats each game has to hit to kind of service the 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 total story of the universe? Yes. So there's five in in that universe. There's five main arcs. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, that doesn't mean we'll only make five games, right? Because the the actually the fifth one is is something I think we we'll, we can never do. It, it's just like too big for mm. any team uh, or for the kind of pro- of production that I actually care to be a part of. Um, so it probably will never happen. But the thing is, a game doesn't have to tell the story of one of the five arcs, right? You can still have like lower stakes adventure in that universe in between right. two beats or whatever. So Messenger and Sea of Stars happen to be two of the main arcs. Uh, but the third game could just be, you know, like a, a side story or whatever. Um, but yes, yeah, so yes, I do have the, the this this uh, this whole thing already in my head. I just love the idea of of having this universe and this universe expanding uh, a multitude of of video game genres. I feel like that's so it's so I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's clever and and fun in the fact that you guys as a team are not just 
all right, well, we got this platformer, time to make another platformer within mm. this universe. It's being able to use these different uh, mechanics in, in in different genres to be able to tell this story. Again, and like you're saying, they don't even have to seem necessarily relatable. We just know that they're all within the same universe. So there's so many different directions that you can go in so many different ways to where all of a sudden you've got main character of the messenger interacting with the uh, side character from yeah. Sea of Stars. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I absolutely love that. I'm really excited for this game. Cool. I'm not going to lie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> absolutely again uh terry thank you so much for coming on tell us where can we where can we uh uh, uh find the game where can we find stuff lay it on us brother yeah so well the easiest is uh is uh at sea of stars game on on um on twitter the twitter handle just has everything and it's got all the links to all the other places uh otherwise there's sea of stars game.co for the the, the website there uh, which will also give you all the links. And then there's our uh, Discord. at the, It's a Sabotage QC. Um, but all the links are there. I, I really think Twitter is the is the easiest. It's where we do, like, we'll do a weekly post, you know, and, and, and show the new content and always link to whatever is happening. Uh, we're on Steam as well. Oh, yes, like you're showing that. So, yeah, we're... we're <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're on, on Steam as well, which, by the way, yes, wishlisting on Steam is actually the easiest way to, to, to help us right now because uh, we're in production and we're just trying to grow awareness and the mm-hmm. bigger wishlist we have, uh, the more weight we have when we when we negotiate. So that that's how we'll bring the game and do all the things people keep asking for, like more platforms, physical edition, and all of these things. We need kind of that that uh, negotiating power. So <clears throat> that's why we're focusing on this right now. I love it. Sea of Stars, holiday 2022. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Again, Thierry, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Lucas. What do you got going on this weekend? It's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's that weekend. It is that weekend. It is, it is that weekend. <laughs> I don't, I don't even think I need to answer this, but I will. <laughs> the Matrix <laughs> Resurrections, and it's going yes. to be great. It, it's going to be great. I might see it multiple times. Maybe I'll just watch it on HBO Max after I see it in theaters. But yeah. the first time is definitely in theaters ryan also by the time this episode is released we will have done the uh, golden crane awards which is on tuesday night which is yesterday based on when this is released so yay to everyone uh who knows what happens this is a very strange recording time because we'll probably have shared this on social media before we talk about it again next week but yay (laughs) (laughs) but yeah other than that spending some time with family with the girlfriend all all that good stuff what about you ryan yeah, same. Uh, just, just we're all geared up. I got, uh, I got the girls' tickets to go see the Nutcracker on Thursday, so I figured that they can do a a little girls' night, get all fancy. I'll watch Baby and and chill out, and they can go have fun. Other than that, yeah, it's just. Uh, same old, same old. I still need to get my Galahorn in Destiny 2. We got all the way to the end boss of the Loot Cave uh, dungeon, and we just ran out of time. I had to go do stuff. My buddy had to go take care of baby, so I didn't get a chance to go through all of it. I know. I was big sad. I was big sad. But we'll get it done this week. I, 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 I have a feeling. I know we will. 
Um, other than that, though, I'm I'm just I'm excited to take a little bit of time and relax. Took some time from work, uh, so it'll be nice to kind of just hang out with the family. My mom got in yesterday, so we're all we're all geared up and and ready to have a good time uh, for the holidays. So it should be good. But uh, regardless, we hope you guys have a fantastic holiday weekend. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. Don't forget, hit us up on the tweeters at Land Parties Pod, at Lucas Egan, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys have a great holiday weekend. And you know what it is. We love your faces.